Hello, and welcome to On Staging, a community theater-focused discussion podcast highlighting the development and staging of community theater productions in Calgary and surrounding area. I'm Kyle Gould, and today I'm super excited to welcome to the podcast one of my favorite people in the theater scene, Troy Couillard. Troy is an ever-learning theater professional with a BFA from the University of Calgary. Troy does sound design, stage management, production, direction, and is a three-time Cat Award nominee. Troy is part of the team bringing the Common Ground Festival to the stage and has done since 2014. This year, the Common Ground Festival number seven is happening from November 22nd through the 26th with a variety of exciting and engaging productions. Tickets will be available in the link below. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is my first time on a podcast, so we're going to see how this rips. That's awesome. So tell me, how did the Common Ground Festival get started? Common Ground got started almost completely by accident. So in 2014, I was just finishing up my university career, and that was about the time when all the internships are going out. Everybody's wondering, what am I going to do beyond this? How am I going to make this into a career? And I did have a lot of friends who would talk about, I have this show, I have this script, but I have no means to put it on. For the last couple of years, I'd been stage managing and doing bits and bobs for community theater. So I knew a couple of people. I knew enough to be dangerous. Right. So I got in contact with the motel theater at Arts Commons and I was like, how much does it cost to rent this stage? The price was affordable. So I rented it out and thought, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold a festival here. Wow. And then in on brand for myself, I forgot that I rented out the space until someone brought it up to me. Hey, Troy, are you going to be doing this? I was like, um, I guess so. (laughs) So, um, uh, I told my friends, I put out a call and I started advertising for it. And at the end of it, we ended up getting about 20 submissions for the first one. That's incredible. Um, How many submissions did you want? How many shows were you planning on putting up? I didn't have an answer for that. I I wanted to do as many as humanly possible. As the time allotted. You know, I was hungry. I was was ready to go. I was ready to give opportunity to my friends. And because I'd done a little bit, I felt like I could do this. Right. So the first original team, it was made up of... A friend of mine, Emma, and a friend of mine, Lisa, Lisa Floyd, was part of the original team of it. And we ended up picking 17 pieces. Oh, my God. And if you've ever been in the motel, it's very small. It cannot possibly accommodate 17 pieces. But somehow we did. Everybody was almost self-sufficient. Everybody was working on their own stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would come in and they would be, I need rehearsal space. I needed this. I needed that. So I became like the finder. I became the fixer. Mm-hmm. So anyone needed rehearsal space, I was able to figure that out because I was able to talk to the university and see if I could get a couple of spaces because we were com- we were doing it in the summer. So there was a little bit of leeway. Oh, yeah. Not a lot going on. Not a lot going on. So yeah. I had a lot of space available to me. So I was able to find them spaces. I was able to pop in for rehearsals and see how that went. And the first one, I even ended up having to jump onto a couple of shows because one couldn't find a stage manager. There was a role that needed to be filled. So for that first one, I think I was finding rehearsal space. I was in two shows. I was stage managing one show. So it was a lot. And when it came down to it, somehow we managed to fit all 17 in. Wow. And everybody got two performances. 
two per- so there was 34 performances there were 34 uh 33 performances how many people were involved in this oh i counted it um i made like a big i made over a hundred i think the first one ended up because there were, there, there were a lot of doubles there was a lot of sharing oh, okay. in between shows yeah, 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 so yeah that makes up, sense it ended up being like 80 that's still an incredible festival it was it just was, for sheer value of entertainment as well it was messy it was so disorganized but we were having a good time. And you did what Troy Couillard's mantra typically is, is you learned from the experience. I learned from the experience because that first one was just trial by fire. <laughs> that first one was just, how do I rent a space? I know this person who works at this space. I'm going to talk to them. Where do I find rehearsal space? Well, my, right? whole, my whole world was the university. And I'm like, it's summer. No one's doing classes in here. So I was able to talk to some people. And anytime anyone needed me to find a stage manager or a designer or an actor or anything, I just put out a call, ask people directly. It was trial by fire. That's amazing. Sounds like you really learned a lot of how to produce a festival. I did. <laughs> it sometimes it almost feels like by accident because there yeah. was there was no professional training. It was this was all gut. You went, you rented a space, forgot you did mm-hmm. it, and then you were told, "Oh, hey, your rent is coming due on this." And then you're like, "I better do this thing." I better do this. Yeah. So, that's what ended up happening. And I think it was two or three weeks before common ground one went up i met up with one of the directors of another show and we were just talking about their show we were talking about the details of it uh someone at a table like next to me overheard they had just moved from london ontario and they were interested in joining up oh wow yeah so they stuck around for the first one they saw how messy and disorganized it was and they came in and cleaned it up for oh who is this person so uh their name was john all right we did have a little bit of a falling out like it wasn't a nasty falling out it's just uh, we had different ideologies uh we had a different way of doing things and my way of doing things didn't quite fit into how they wanted to do things that's fair and and it'll it'll come back to the point that i'm gonna mm want to make and that is that sometimes you just can't find common ground and you just move on to different objectives but where did the name common ground come from a university buddy of mine we were talking about it because they had a, a number of scripts that they were interested in and um we were messing around one day and we were in a chapters and there was a book that was titled common ground with a really stupid face on it so we were just making fun of it for like 20 minutes because the face was like, it was like a glamour shot. Okay. Yeah. But that's what we ended up settling on when we went out to eat. It just kind of fell into place and Common Ground made sense. Right. It really and, does. And Common Ground kind of made it more than just a theater thing. Right. Because it would have been fairly easy to just do like 10 performances. Whereas like first one we had theater, we had some dance, we had poetry, we had an experimental soundscape. Since that then, sounds so cool. We've had, since then, we, we've had like musicians, we've had dance pieces. So something like that made us a little bit more open to right. everybody, made us a little bit more accessible to people who have things that don't necessarily fit into a specific mold but are still performative and you still want an audience to bear witness to it yeah and that's really the common ground for all of those those performative arts yeah the the way that i thought the way that i thought about it is the common ground for all these artists is the stage that's the common ground wow yeah it sounds like it takes more than just you to put this together. It does you take had more than Lisa just Lisa and Emma and John in the early days. Yeah, so in the early days. Who's involved now? In 2019, when we were gearing up to do Common Ground 4, 
because I, t- I took a break for a little bit because theater just got a little bit hard and I needed to do something else for a little bit. That's fair. So I started working at the Pump House Theater and the operations manager, Sabrina Mueller, they knew that this was something that I wanted to do. And I felt like I was ready to do it again. So I started doing it and they saw someone who was struggling who didn't know that they were struggling with this because festivals, they take a lot of time and they take a lot of money to yep. put up in the last common ground before four common ground three was particularly hard on me okay because a couple team members left then very short notice and it just it wasn't what i wanted it to be and that was on top of a bunch of other stuff too but the pump has saw someone who, str- who was struggling who didn't know that they were struggling so they provided a little bit more of a structure a little bit more professionalism and that helped me be somebody at the head of this table who was a little bit more grounded, who was able to provide that kind of structure for the other artists. So I was able to tell them, these are the limits. These are what you're able to work in. Right. Be creative with these limits. Here's the picture frame. Now yeah. you, you can draw within this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that was always a big thing for me because a lot of artists, you hear, oh, these are your limits. You're an art killer. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. I used to see right? it. Oh, oh, these these are my parameters. This is how far I can push yeah. things. Yeah. And I could see how that would, that would spiral out of control in the early years where oh, you're yeah. just trying to do everything you can to help them realize their artistic oh, yeah. dream. Yeah. That, that would definitely burn you out. Yeah. Because it's trying to accommodate everybody's very specific requests but one thing that i am grateful for for john from the old team the first thing that he did teach me when we were picking the pieces for common ground 2 yeah i had a short list of like 15 so it wasn't a short list that's a huge list so he looks at me in just the straightest voice he's like oh, you picked 15 here all right cut three. Oh, okay, wow. okay so I, I cut three he's like great you've cut three cut two more right now and I was like, dude, I, I need time to think about this. Nope, cut them now. This needs to be 10. Because right now we've budgeted this for, um, we did a shorter one. He's like, we budgeted this for five nights. We need a number that matches this. Make it 10. And that one, as different as it was, because he was a lot more business minded right. than I was. That one told me that I need to be a little bit more concise, a little bit more direct with what I want out of that particular festival. And sometimes that means that I do need to make harder choices. Right. But back to the pump house, the pump house kind of brought common ground into the fold because they were currently building a festival season. And they thought that having an emerging artist festival along with the one act festival and the Calgary clown festival, that would be something that would be very beneficial for them. Something very beneficial for me. Absolutely. So that was the first one. The next person who joined in was uh, Taylor Gadotti. And this was a university student that started after I graduated. And we connected because she stage managed for me on a couple of pieces. And I just, I liked the way that she worked. I liked the way that she didn't compromise for what she thought was important. But it was never like, you need to bow down to what I want. It was just, no, these are things that are important to me. And it'd be Mm. cool if they were respected. So Taylor came on and they were my technical coordinator for years. So they made sure that all the technical requests were in, that we knew what was coming, if that was something that was possible. Hard if it's an improv show. Right. Um, (laughs) And they would also make sure that everything was safe for the audiences. So they would see if there was any like advisories that needed to be done, anything that might trigger photosensitivity or someone having to leave the theater or something like that. Or fire. Yeah. Or fire. Um. (laughs) 
but they moved to Victoria. So oh, no. now, no, it's okay because they're still part of it. Oh, good. They're still part of it. They are the festival manager right now. So they are adjusting to the new role and they're killing it. But they are the artist liaison. They are communicating with the pump house to make sure that it's being managed in a way that represents the pump house properly. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the newest member of the team, Dylan Dietrich. Dylan, we met because they were a summer counselor at the pump house, but they were really interested in doing a lot of tech. And besides having like emerging or small professional artists in the festival, I like to have them on the core team too. Because it's important for them. And it's a great vantage point to get this inexperienced, out-of-the-box thinker who who probably hasn't had a million things to it go is. wrong already to be there and offer new suggestions and gain some experience. That's- yeah. And, and they are just, they're so excited. They light up <laughs> when they talk about tech. Um, oh, young people. <laughs> yeah. They may be young, but they do not act like it. They, oh, that's good. They're just they absorb everything really, really quickly. And they're not afraid to ask stupid questions, which is really cool. And they are now the technical coordinator. Okay, great. So it's really interesting to watch because we have this person who's just at the start of absorbing all this information, who's really excited about it. But they're also helping people who are in that same position. So again, that because tech can be scary. A lot of people, they're, they're afraid to look stupid. But having someone who is at the beginning of their learning, it makes it easier for people who may have little to no experience and they can help each other. And it's also a really good opportunity for them to learn. So right now, that is the team. How often do you meet as a like a board? As a board with all of us together in the same spot. <laughs> well, it's one of you doesn't even live here anymore. It's, so it's probably a Zoom call, but it's usually one Zoom call. And that is when we will have the selection. But other than that, we try to keep the communication really, really high. So we don't need to have those constant board meetings. So we just, we kind of leave each other to their own devices and we make sure to check in with the other person. and. I like that because it it gives everybody a little bit more independence and a little bit more freedom and confidence to make choices, which is really important because one thing that I wanted at the beginning of this festival was to have a big conversation about the definition of our roles because we're all helpers. We all want to help everybody. But every once in a while, it's three people working on one problem and two people don't need to be there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> that happens a lot more than you think. Oh, it happens so much. Oh my which gosh. is why I, it sounds harsh, but a little bit of a stay in your lane mentality. Right. Stay in your lane until someone's going to make you crash. Yeah. And that has been really helpful for me, especially because transitioning from doing this on my own to doing it with the pump house, I struggled a lot with, I made this and I'm not sure how to let it go, but that has really helped. I'm not so much worried about what Dylan or Taylor or Sabrina are doing. If I am at all worried about it, just a quick check-in. Like, yeah, hey, well, that's how, great. He has this thing going and we don't need to be in each other's business and we're able to learn in a way that's beneficial for everybody because everybody learns in different ways. So Common Ground 7 is mm-hmm. coming up. It is. It's not normally at this time of year. No. It has historically for the last few years been in May. Has it always been in May before that? Or because it sounded like it was in the the summer. When we first started out, it was a summer festival. Yeah. And uh, as proof of how disorganized Common Ground 1 was, we scheduled Common Ground 1 to happen at the same time as Stampede. 
Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the cherry on top of that cake was Stampede was happening for the first weekend of it. And then for the second weekend of it was the Latin Festival in Olympic Plaza. So we had no peace. Oh, wow. So every show either had like ruckus from Stampeders or Latin music. Which is great. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. And so you moved it for the second one to... For the first three, for Common Grounds 1 through 3, it was always a summer festival. Just not at Stampede. (laughs) No, just not at Stampede. My thinking was the summer, nobody's doing anything. Yeah. So that makes us stand out a little bit. And um, more resources are, are available to us yep and i was noticing like there there weren't as many opportunities in the summer for artists and then when we did common ground four we decided to push it back into spring yeah to kind of put it a little bit more into the theater season so four five and six were in the spring yeah but what we all noticed as a team was we were getting uh end of season fatigue yeah. People didn't want to come out and see theater anymore, which makes a lot of sense. Yep. So before Common Ground 6 happened, Sabrina sat me down and says, Trey, what do you think about uh, making this a winter festival? Yeah. Oh, so we do it in like winter of 2024. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. no. We do it uh, winter 2023. And this is just before Common Ground 6 goes up. Yeah. They gave me enough time to think about it. And I did think about it because Common Ground 4 was the same template that I'd used for 1 and 3. 5 was different because of covid and six was really where we got to overhaul everything we got to overhaul the whole framework how we're going to actually organize this festival so we got to the chance to kind of take a look at everything and build a new framework for it so we built that framework and six ended up going smoother than it's ever been i was nervous the whole time yeah like when is this gonna fall off the track when's the other shoe gonna drop But it didn't like we had a couple of incidents, but we were able to handle them. So we had this brand new framework that we're just, okay. maybe five months in between the two festivals isn't as scary as I thought. So we put out a call. And when did that happen? We put out the call for this at the end of July and we had it going for the shortest submission period ever. We had it open for two weeks. Yeah. We ended up getting almost as much submissions for Common Ground 6. And we had that open for six weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like people were prepared. Have been people been submitting the same show trying to get in or um, usually getting new new works every time? We usually get new works every wow. time. We get new different works every time. So what's the process? We'll open our call for submissions and we'll just make like a Google form. And in there, they list all the information about the show. They'll attach a script if that's applicable. And me and Taylor and Dylan will look at it and any other member of a jury that we might have that year. And we'll score it. So what's a jury look like? Taylor, Dylan, and myself. Mm -hmm. And And do you usually go out and get anybody else? Or uh, are you just referring to people who used to be part of this jury in the past? uh, People who used to, uh, who are part of the jury in the past. Um, Because there was one year we did invite a whole jury and things got a little bit messy just because not everybody was able to get through everything. So scoring got a little strange. But it'll be the core team and we'll look over the submissions and we'll look at them based off of three categories content is it interesting to us and we can decide that however we want we look at the feasibility of it which 
I feel is super important because we look at it and it's like, can we do this like single room black box type thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Can we do this circus show with acrobatics that need a rig? No, unfortunately we don't have the capability. No. So, and that one is really important because the technical coordinator already from the hop gets a say in it and they know exactly what they're looking for so they can prepare a little bit. And then the last one is audience potential because as much as I love getting to help artists put their stuff on stage, mm-hmm. there is a financial element to it. Yep. So we do look at We live in a capitalist potential. society, so we have to think about capital. We do. And audience potential, I don't think it's just about how many people are going to come out to see this. It's does this person open up an avenue to an audience that we didn't think of before? Yeah. Which sometimes is really, really cool. That's how we'll judge them. And we will base it off of a final score. And it's pretty much highest score wins. Because everybody's got their own scoring system. Because everybody's got their own scoring system. Cool. So it'll be, first off, will be highest score wins. And we'll see which ones got it. And then we'll try to balance it. Because we don't want everything to be right super, super heavy. We want everything to be super, super light. We want to be able to have that variety in there. Yep. We'll also look at like what shows pair well with each other. So that's how we'll look at it. And then we'll send out all the offers. What does an offer look like? Offer looks like, hey, your art is really, really cool. And we would be honored (laughs) to have it in our festival. We're having it this time. If you're interested, let us know. And then we'll get that process started for you. And then we'll send out a welcome package. And that'll have our expectations, how the festival works. It'll have the information about how they're compensated and I will list everybody's roles in it so that every participating group, they know who to go to for a specific question because I think that's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And so do you as Common Ground Festival help work with them even in this day? Because I know you, you seem to do that for Common Ground Festival 1. Do you help with them finding rehearsal space? Do they get a dress and tech rehearsal in the space itself going up to the, sh- the show? Because that sounds like a whole bunch of work. It is a whole bunch of work. And logistically nightmarish. It can be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't shy away from it. If it's tough, it's tough. It, it is tough. But I have gotten used to the toughness. You've gotten tough. I've gotten tough. <laughs> My role is I'll do the marketing for it. I'll do the social media for it. I will help them locate rehearsal space if they need it. Some people are able to find it on their own or make their own arrangements. I will find that for them within reason because that one had to that one had to come in for common ground four when I had right. one group submit to me a rehearsal schedule for over a hundred hours. And I was like, guys, do you think I'm made out of money? I can't <laughs> give you a hundred hours. <laughs> so I will organize that for them. And with something like that, I will I'll have conversations with like evergreen community spaces because I'll work there and sometimes it's a I'll rent the space and I'm able to work off that time. And then when we get to dress rehearsals and everything like that, we will do their tech in the actual space. Yep. And given given the requirements, we will work as best as we can. But normally, I'm able to find rehearsal space for them for about 90% of their stuff. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And for their tech, we are able to give them, depending on the show, because different shows might, be, might need more or less rehearsal time, we usually fit them in for about like two to three hours, a nice, healthy tech period for them to figure out all that stuff. All their entrances and exits, where it's going to be, what they needed to have, where it is, set their marks and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. At the beginning, I was very involved in that process, but 
I do like to let the artists kind of roam free. Right. Because they're producing this work that they're super passionate about, that they super believe in. I want them to figure out how to get there. I'll just, I'll give them the parameters and I will make myself and the members of the team available for any kind of questions. But I want them to have their own fun, figure out how to do their own stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you've provided the frame, you've provided the canvas, you've provided all of the all the oils and the acrylics and all That's of the right. brushes they need to paint. You, you can't hold the brush for them. Make me some pictures, baby. Make me some memories, too. Yeah. You had all these submissions come in. Mm-hmm. The deadline was August 18th, I want to say. I think I read August 16th or 18th, somewhere around it, there. It was It was August 18th because I remember I had to, I was in Toronto when I closed <laughs> it. Yeah. How long do you and your colleagues, your jury school selection team, how long do you allot yourselves to go through those scripts to get your final weighting and scoring done? For this one, it was a week. We gave ourselves oh a week. Oh my God. But, but the... That sounds intense. It does. So it wasn't a week to read 35 submissions. Oh, okay. So the submissions are available to us. As soon as they come in. As soon as they come in. Oh, that's even better. Okay, so okay. it is up to us to go. Stay on top of it. To stay on top of it if we want to. If if we feel like we can get it all done in a week, I'm not going to stop you. Right. Because that's that's your decision. So yeah, this one was a, was a week. Wow. But we also but knew you the- had those two weeks of those the, it being open and probably I would assume a lot of them come in the first couple days. I usually find it's a slow trickle yeah. for the first couple of days and then right about the midpoint. Yeah. Midpoint will be when it explodes. Then it'll lull a little bit. The last then- the last two days, another explosion. Wow. Yeah. And you had how many again, how many submissions this year? Thirty six. 36 that is the biggest most submissions you've had yet that, that is the most submissions that we've had for common ground ever i can't see it not getting bigger every year how will you accommodate that what if what if it's like 75 next year if it's like 75 next year then it's gonna be really hard yeah and if it's 75 next year maybe we do something for all you listeners this isn't confirmed this is just speculation but if we have something like crazy like 50 next year maybe we have so many submissions that we turn it into more than just a weekend right. more than just a full week at the double festival or you allow for more but how oh. do you then are you going to pledge to yourself to in three weeks time go through 50 plus submissions or would you then say you know what we're going to have to break these out it's just too many for us to personally get through knowing what we all know what we need to look for yeah yeah but for Common Ground 7, this one was different. Because yeah. typically, I like to give myself a lot more time to do something like this. Yep. At the beginning, I was notorious. Like The planning process was like a six-month-long affair. And submissions were open for... Forever. Over, for six, <laughs> for like three months. The first one, submissions were open for three months. Wow. <laughs> but um, this one would be different because we had such a short term. We had a five-month turnaround. So we had to boogie. But with all the framework that we made for six, it was kind of an easy plug and play. But the very first thing that I had to do was I needed to talk to my team and say, hey, there's talks about this happening again in November. We work hard. Are we all game for this? Because if that's fair, if I'm the only one who's game for it and my team is tired, I'm not going to make them do that because lately a lot of people think that art has to be like this really hard suffering type of thing and i'm like i don't want to hurt this much for this anymore and this should be enjoyable for us too exactly and we shouldn't have to to hate every minute of this process so 
let's make some changes and let's really enjoy this process for ourselves. And you are. It sounds like everyone's super enthused and ecstatic. They are. That is a big change for me because after Common Ground 3, I just, I wasn't as thrilled with the theater industry as I used to be just because I did too much and I burned myself out. Yeah. But it's nice feeling good and feeling positively about this festival again. It's sick. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I can feel your excitement and enthusiasm coming all the way across the table. It's a um, long table, so it's a lot of it, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's now August 25th. You've scored and mm-hmm. ranked and all of the things that needed to happen. You've selected your list of shows that you're going to send on that you've been approved. We would like to have you be part of this show. Mm-hmm. Do you? Is that a phone call or is that an email? What does it normally look like? It'll be an email. And then once they've accepted, we'll do a big announcement telling everybody that these are what the shows are. Because in that welcome package, we give our expectations and the expectations is that you're kind of building your own team. You're you're making right. all your own arrangements. But if you need any help with that, please let us know and we will do it. Because one thing that I have been big on is I do like to help people find rehearsal space because that, that can be stressful. It's hard. And choosing to work as an artist is hard enough. Yeah. I like being able to alleviate that pressure for them. That's so kind of you. Yeah. It's something that I wish would have been available when I was coming up. Yeah. Which I think is very representative of why I decided to start Common Ground is I wanted there to be more opportunities for me as a 23-year-old emerging artist. Yeah. When you want to create art, but you don't know even the the first step as to how. You've written something and you're super excited, Mm -hmm. but it'll never see the light of day because you don't know how. Yeah. And having this opportunity of someone's, I know how, let me take some of the mystery out of it for you. And I have had a couple of shows go on to, to Fringe. I've had a couple of shows kind of, have I had any shows that kind of went on their own and did their own thing? Well, it sounds very much like, and we'll get into this in a moment, mm-hmm. but it sounds very much like last year's success with Riverona yeah. has led to a whole new week of showing of that of Riverona at the Evergreen Spaces that's leading to episode two of yeah. Riverona being one of your tentpole shows for Common Ground 7. Yeah, that one makes me feel nice. Um, yeah, simple way to put it. It it makes me feel nice because it's nice to see that the little bit of love that I'm able to give them and say, oh, here's a stage and here's some space. I want you to create the art that you're excited about. Yeah. I like to see that be like, oh, like we wrote this other episode too and people like it. We're going to make this happen too. That might be my favorite part of this job is- people getting excited when they first get to see their work on stage yeah because you can see it in your head a certain way for so long but it doesn't beat seeing it on stage live and it's it's so different from like performing it for your friends in your backyard with a fire pit versus seeing it under professional lights in a professional space with a paying audience that says so much more about your art and the value that it has than than any other thing can and so thank you for creating this space and this opportunity for these. I don't know how often people say that to you, but it's very much appreciated from myself and the others that I know go to Common Ground and as well that are participating in it. It's a very unifying. Thank you very much. I do get the the odd thank you, but this is just, it's 
you know, you need more. So anyone listening to this, make sure you go out of your way to say thank you to Troy out there in in the meat space or on the internet space. <laughs> Troy deserves it. What are you excited for audiences to see for Common Grounds 7? I'm excited for all of it because... Um, <laughs> that's a fair answer. I, I don't want to single anyone up, but there is a cool amount of variety in it this year. Like Riverona's coming with episode two. And that's cool because there's not... It's been a minute since I've seen like any kind of like a theatrical saga or theatrical episodic thing, which I think is like really really cool and the fact that they're leaning so much into the cheese the oh absolutely so, the so much into this <laughs> i'm 32 years old i'm 16 i love that too i'm excited about it i'm going to see common ground festival to see riverone episode two <laughs> i'm bringing my wife or my eldest child to see it as well with me they have not seen episode one <laughs> I've seen episode one, so I cannot wait to have a conversation post when I'm talking about my review to see, does Riverona episode two hang together without having seen episode one? That's the conversation I'm going to have with whoever I bring. I think it will. I hope so. I mean, I think good it theater will. does. You don't need to see Henry Four Part One by no. Shakespeare to see Henry Four Part Two. You can just see Henry Four Part Two. Yeah. And then, of course, we have a one-person show, Selexia which is a really beautiful piece about somebody accepting um, dyslexia as a part of their life. And it's really, really beautiful. And it's also really, really funny. Oh, I can't wait to see yeah. that. We have a dance show to dance with monsters that explores abuse in a relationship. It's very heavy, but it's exploring this with such a beautiful medium of dance. And hey, you need heavy stuff that explores things in a different way because it can't all be Riverona hilarity and hijinks, right? No. That's great. I've been talking to this about a lot of people. It can't all be light and fluffy, but it can't all be dark and heavy. Exactly. There needs to be people doing both. And more importantly, there needs to be people encouraging both because i see a lot of artists now they're like i need to do this dark and heavy and in such a way where i inhabit the character and maybe put my own mental health at risk and i'm like "Eh, it's not worth it guys because you see that and you're like oh people get oscars for this people get the awards for this and the accolades and i'm like yes they do but also like the light comedy stuff also gets accolades and there needs to be that balance of both and it gets remembered it does get remembered. And that's the other thing, too. Those those beautiful, uh, the English patients of the world, and they can go home and take their Oscars. Uh, mm-hmm. They will be less remembered than, I believe, than whatever Robin Williams movie that came out that year. Yeah. And when certain key um, joy makers pass away, that uh, hits harder than anything else. I like that um, term, joy maker. I yeah. like that. I haven't heard that. But yeah. People remember the English patient, but people also remember all the stupid quotes from Step Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have two musicals this year. The first one um, is our first ever two act performance wow. in Common Ground. Uh, Sienna Holden is doing a reading of their piece Breathe, which is about a family coming together after one of them has suffered through addiction. And then the other one is Love and Barbed Wire, which is a wartime musical set between the 1950s and World War One. Wow. And what I get excited about with that one is, because this is a festival that caters primarily to emerging artists, when people think of emerging artists, they all think of between 19 to 24 years old. Right, they think of young. This is an older team. Oh, that's wonderful. And I love when an older team comes on and I'm like, and I get that reminder emerging happens at any, any point age yeah and that's 
awesome to me because and having an older group in the festival the other groups that might be younger get to look up to that and they get to see oh like we're kind of all in the same boat and it has i love it i love it so much i have had I think in this festival, I've had like a little bit more than a handful of older emerging artists, and it's so refreshing to see. And they seem to have so much more fun with it than everybody else does. That's incredible. I, I will say, I mean, I've gotten to take part in the Common Ground Festival last year, so Common Ground Festival 5, I believe. And my experience there was wonderful time i got to meet a whole bunch of amazing people and then put up this this performance in this show that was done really really well with the writer there in the room and i was very lucky because troy was the director of the show it was really really nice had a great time and i got to meet new friends and had new experiences seeing the other performances and meeting the other performers the one thing i i felt lacking that i missed out on was is there not a, a gala or a gathering of all of the artists that happens post festival that really brings everyone together or is that something that's that's something that's never happened oh okay it's just it never happened cuz after common ground 1 i was like i can't believe that this actually happened, happened. <laughs> at all <laughs> Because I'm a 23-year-old kid who made a festival with 17X and flew by the seat of his pants the whole time. Yeah. And now it's almost a decade later. You've had, this is the seventh. This is the the second this year. And it sounds like it's just getting bigger and better every single go-round. It is. I don't think it would be getting as big as it was if I didn't take my break in between Coming Grounds right. 3 and 4. That's fair. And that you came back to it. That's the other two. It's like coming back to it, you got to see yeah, that was what a lot. you... Now you get to see what you actually want out of it. Yeah. And um, uh, finding out what I wanted, I want to make this process easier for artists. But I keep on thinking, um, we were talking about the shows. I wanted to hit everybody Right. Um, we also have uh, Connor Ruins Christmas by uh, Connor Christmas, who's a local comedian, and they're doing a improv stand-up show about an adult's relationship to Christmas, which I'm thrilled about. And to top it all off, we have um, Skylar Snowden, who works under the name The Snow Palace, I think. They're bringing in a juggling experience. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Because Keanu Wu's um, clowning in the in the previous one in in in, in common ground five was incredible i don't get a chance to see that sort of thing yeah and that's a really cool thing about um being with the pump house as part of their festival season because when they did have the clown festival one thing that they talked to me about is because we have this clown festival we need to make sure we have some physical theater representation yeah and that opened it up for me a lot which was very nice because that's art that i'm I'm not the most familiar with. Me neither. So I get to learn too and I get to see new things. I get to offer new things to people all over the city and have an audience that I wouldn't necessarily have been able to get myself. What's been hard about putting this particular festival together? This one, Common Ground 7, the time frame was a jolt to the system before when we had it in the summer or in the late spring, resources seemed to be a little bit more plentiful. But now that we're actually at the beginning of the theater season, hanging out with everybody else, that becomes a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And one thing that I have noticed is a couple of teams have talked about um, not being able to fulfill certain roles. Oh, no. That's okay. We, we have figured it out. But it is highlighting 
that there is a lack of stage managers and designers. You're not you, in you're this. not alone as a festival. I've sat down with so many community theater yeah. companies in Calgary. We are really suffering from a lack of individuals who are looking for an amateur or a community level experience as a stage manager as a sound designer, yeah. as a lighting technician, as lighting designer to actually do these roles. They just, they people who have been done doing them for a while want to get paid now and there's nobody coming out of the woodwork that wants to learn. And one thing that I have found, a lot of designers, when the pandemic hit, film was there. Yeah. So a lot of people ended up going onto film and finding awesome success with it. Yep. Like uh, a lot of people that I knew that used to work exclusively in theater, my brother will talk to me. He's like, I met this person on a film set. They know you. I was like, oh, who are they? And then I'll mention someone that I did like four shows with back in right. like 2016. C- congratulations for them. It's just where are we finding mm-hmm. the new people to come and, and learn these? Because there's new people coming in through the woodwork every single mm-hmm. day. There's new emerging stage managers and just have to find a way for them to get their, their butts to the Common Ground Festival to help out with these these shows that need to be put up. Yeah. What do you want audiences to take away from having gone and been part and taken part in the festival what is what is your hope for people to remember and cherish and to 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 carry forward my hope is that audiences because of the variety of shows they get exposed to something they wouldn't necessarily seek out because i i find a lot of theater now it it tries to lean really hard into the heavy tries to make people feel those more negative emotions i want people to feel the joy of putting something on stage and I want, I want audiences to see the kind of talent that these emerging and small professional artists have, that this is what they're bringing to the table. Let's start eating at this table. That's amazing. I, I'm excited to see it. I don't know if I'll be able to make it to every single night, but thankfully most of the shows will be performing twice. Most of them are performing twice. This experience is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime moment, not only for the people performing, but for you getting to see it on stage because some, the majority of these performances, these shows, will probably never be shown again. And if they are, it would be in some very different way than what it is right now. That is something that I've thought about, but even if it's performed only once, If I'm on social media, when I get memories, I'll get people still getting thrilled about a show that they did in 2015. But this also means that you, the audience, are treated to a very special opportunity to go and see an emerging artist at the Common Ground Festival and know that what you're seeing is worth the price of the ticket because you will have seen something no one else is going to get to see. It's special. That is the beauty and ephemeral nature of live theater. Mm-hmm. If it goes well and it goes poorly, you are still treated to an amazing experience. And that is something worth remembering. I just want to say personally, thank you again for coming on the show to talk about the Common Ground Festival. What you're doing for Calgary Emerging Artists is important and valued. And I really cannot do anything else but to engage the listener to say, please come see the Common Ground Festival. It exists and it is unfortunate that we have to live in a capitalist society. They need you to come and buy a ticket and sit down in the seats and witness what has been jury-selected to take part in the festival this year. And even though we live in a capitalist society, 
Tickets are $25, and that gets you into the whole night of performances. That's incredible. The whole night of performances. We might have some volunteer opportunities for some front of house. We'll squeeze some people in. But right now, that's that's what we have. We have a $25 ticket for every evening, and every night is between two to three shows. Links to the tickets are in the show notes, as well as a link to the Common Ground Festival website itself. If you are an emerging artist looking to get something in their faces and present for Common Grounds 8, probably in November of next year, please keep your eyes there. Oh, I'm not even thinking about Common Ground 8 yet. You don't have to, but people will be listening to this in the future, and hopefully they'll tune in and and go to the website and check it out. Yeah. Well, Thanks so much for coming. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. 